نحمده ونستعينه ونستهديه ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان سيدنا محمدا عبده ورسوله ونبيه وصفيه وحبيبه بلغ الرسالة وأدى الأمانة ونصح للأمة وجاهد في سبيل الله حتى أتاه اليقين وتركنا على المحجة البيضاء ليلها كنهارها لا يسير عنها إلا هالك اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد في الأولين وصل وسلم على سيدنا محمد في الآخرين وصلي وسلم على سيدنا محمد في الملأ الأعلى إلى يوم الدين وصلي وسلم على سيدنا محمد في كل وقت وحين وعلى آله الأطهار وعلى أصحابه الأخيار وعلى أتباعه الأبرار إلى يوم الدين يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذين تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم وما يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما وبعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وإن خير الهدي هدي سيدنا ومولانا رسول الله وإن شر الأمور لمحدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار من سيدي عبد القادر الجلاني رضي الله عنه was a young man, he asked his mother for permission that he can go on the Hajj. This is in the middle or the early part of the 6th Islamic century. Sidi Abdul Khadr is in Baghdad and he asked his mother for permission to travel for the Hajj. So she gives him the permission and she gives him 20 dinars, 20 gold coins, dinars, and she sews them into the lining of his jubba. Not in the pocket, but she sews a lining into the jubba and she puts the 20 dinars. And she says, promise me that on this trip, and I, and I take this promise in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that you will never lie, that you will be honest. But he promises. So he joins this caravan, this group that they head out. And in the middle of the journey, they are set upon by highway thieves, which in the Sharia is one of the major sins. The people that cut the roads and rob the, the travelers, this is actually one of the major sins. And the, the punishment for such acts in the, in the books of Sharia is quite severe. So a group of thieves set upon this caravan and they start confiscating all of the things of value. And they go from horse to horse, from mule to mule, you know, uh, box to box. They, they take everything that they can find. 
And then one of the thieves, he finds Sidi Abdul Qadir and he says, do you have any money? And he says, actually I do. I have 20 gold dinars. My mom sewed here inside my jubbah. So the thief, he thought that, that Abdul Qadir was, was being, you know, was, was being justful with him. So he <coughs> goes back to the, to the head of the thieves and he says, look at this kid, look what he's saying. So the head of the thieves, he comes back and he goes to see Abdul Qadr and he says, do you have any money? He says, yes, I just told your friend I have 20 gold dinars inside my jubba. My mom sold them for me. He says, why would you tell me something like this if they're hidden? And he said, I took an oath in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I promised my mother that on this journey I will not lie and I will be honest. So the head of the thieves, the head of this group, he was shocked. He was shaken by this statement and he says, here is this young man who is fearful in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over these 20 dinars and here I am with my men and we are not fearful in front of Allah for the, the crimes that we are committing. So they returned all of their things and he made his tawbah and then he went on his way. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in the Qur'an, addressing specifically the people that go to Hajj, but as a general concept, he says, <laughs> When you go to Hajj, you have to take your zad, you have to take your provisions, you have to pack, you have to take your ihram, you have to take the things that you're going to need on the journey and when you're in Hajj. And then Allah says, but do not forget to pack your taqwa. Do not forget to pack your taqwa. It's a very famous story of Sidi Abdul Qadr. And the reason I wanted to share the stories for two, two reasons. There's the obvious, the obvious reason. The obvious reason is the reason we consider Abdul Qadr al-Jilani this great saint of Islam. And there were tens of thousands of people that followed Abdul Qadr al-Jilani in his life. And then, and, you know, he, he is responsible for an entire generation of Muslims. And even to this day, his teachings and his books and his spiritual practices are practiced throughout the Muslim world. The obvious is the reason we hold him in such high regard is because the purity of his character. Is that he promised his mother that on this trip he would not lie, that he would be honest. And he took that to the point where he wasn't going to lie to protect what we would think was important. Yeah, that's all the money that he had. There's no ATM machine. He can't go withdraw that money in Mecca. That's it. If he loses it, it's gone. But there's a greater thing than that. There is the provider of that sustenance. And when you remember that, then you are not fearful. So he was not scared. He was not, he was not caught off guard in that predicament. He didn't say, ah, it's okay. It's just, you know, I'm a young person. <laughs> it's a white lie. Or it's a small lie. Or like, you know, here's this guy. He's committing this, this grave sin. You know, and I'm innocent, you know, so I have a right to protect my... He didn't rationalize it like that to himself, but rather he said, I promised my mother and I made an oath in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that I will, not, I will not lie, that I will not be dishonest. And because of the power of his character, he had this impact. Not only did he save the entire caravan, but he was a reason for this man's tawbah. And that's the second part of the story which is important, which actually I think is more important for us today, is the impact that that incident had on the thief. 
Not the fact that Abdul Khan, you would expect that of Abdul Khadr al-Jilani. You would expect that of a, of a person of that stature, Rabbi al-Adawiyah of the Sahaba. You would expect them to be people of unwavering character, of unwavering honesty. But what, what I find more interesting in the story is the thief. <coughs> and to highlight that, let me tell you another story of Ibrahim ibn al-Adham, who was from the Salaf. Now we're talking about the second Islamic century. Ibrahim al-Adham himself, he was the um, son of uh, stately people. He was what we would call today royalty. And he left that life to find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A very similar story to the story of the Buddha. For people that know the story that the Buddha was a prince and then he left his palace and he saw sickness and death and he decided to leave off his life and sort of wander around. Same, same, same type of story, which is a common motif in the ancient world. Anyway, Ibrahim al-Adam, he was walking with his students one day in Ramadan, during the day of Ramadan, and they came upon a group of people that were having a good time. They were eating, they were drinking, they were singing, they had their instruments, they're Muslims, they're having a good time. So the students, they go to Ibrahim al-Adam, they look, look, look at these bad people. They're eating in Ramadan, they're drinking, meaning they're drinking alcohol in Ramadan, and the musical instruments, music and all of these things. What should we do? What should we do with these people? Right? This is the second Islamic century. You know, things are still raw. Right? This is the time in which these people have, will have remembered meeting the Tabi'een. The last Sahaba died in the year 101 of the Hijrah. He was a child when he saw the Prophet Wasallam. So things are very close. He looked at them and he said, Allah, as you have caused them to have joy in this dunya, cause them to have joy in the hereafter. And he went on his way. And he left them. Now as he was walking by, the, the people that were having a good time, they asked one of these students, who is this? You know, they, they saw this guy, he's a person of stature, and, and he has something about it. Who is this guy? He said, this is Ibrahim ibn Adam. He said, astaghfirullah. You know, here we are in the, in the days of Ramadan and we're eating and we're drinking and we're singing and we're playing in the presence of the like of Ibrahim al-Adham. What did he say when he saw us like this? So the student said, he said, he prayed for you. He said, Allah, Allah is if you've caused them to have happiness in this life, give them happiness in the hereafter. And again, they were shaken to their core. They left what they were doing and they made their tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, again, it's the reaction that I'm interested in, more in this khutbah than the, the, the uh, statement of, you would expect that of Ibrahim ibn al-Adham. You would expect that of the shaykh to be merciful. Because who taught us this mercy? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Allah ta'ala, he says, the Prophet he says of himself, I was only sent to refine human character. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, you are upon, you are on top of, you are on top of this vast edifice of human character. Allah ta'ala tells us, do not raise your voices over the voice of the Prophet. So, which means, you know, don't yell when he's in present. But now, you know, don't, when somebody tells you, teaches you the sunnah, don't say, oh, I have a better strategy. The strategy that's going to trump your strategy is the strategy of the Prophet. 
Because maybe you will cause your actions to vanish and you're not even aware. Do not raise your voice over the voice of the Prophet. Submit to what the Prophet has brought you. Because if you do not, then your actions might just wither away and you won't even notice. So we would expect that the inheritors of the Prophet, alayhi salatu wasalam, the ulama, the awliya, we expect from them these type of situations. And we ask Allah to, to make us like them, to, to be. But what's more interesting for me is their response. Now imagine, imagine if you were um, you know, at a convenience store, you want to fill up some gas, you go to pay the guy, and for some reason you have cash in your pocket. No one has cash anymore. For some reason you have cash, and you go inside to pay, and then somebody comes, and you, you know there's a holdup in the gas station or in the convenience store. You know, the gun, serious. Imagine if the guy turns to you and give me your wallet. What are you going to say? Or do you have any money? Or what kind of watch do you have? Are you going to are you going to do what Abdul Qadir said? Actually, you know I have this watch. It's cost this much and this much and right. If you did that now, the dominant society would say you're a fool. But the dominant society back then, when he saw that situation of Sidi Abdul Qadir, it reminded him of his. It was like his compass. He brought. He came back to his senses. Because that was the basic understanding of society. But that's not the basic understanding of society now. If I told this story to somebody out, you know, outside of the mosque, you, know, you guys are fools. You know, these Muslim people are, are, are weird. Why would you do that? I'm not going to give the guy my wallet. I'm not going to let the guy know that I have money in the bag or money in the car. You know? Or in the case of Ibrahim ibn Adham, who is, it's my business. I'm free. I can do what I want. I don't have to fast in the month of Ramadan. Right, I'm free, I can do what I want. Who are you to tell me that I need to fast? That's the dominant culture. What's interesting about those stories is that that character, that that mawqif, that, that, that stance that those two people took had that kind of impact. That it brought those people back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because there was still khair, there was still goodness in the community. We're talking about the second Islamic century, we're talking about the sixth Islamic century. You know, for the first five, six hundred years of Islam, that was what was dominant. So when you see this type of, of uh, character from that person, you feel bad. <clears throat> that's, you know, that's my measuring stick. That's where optimal character is. And I have to meet, reach that. Now, we don't have that. You know, I've spent a lot of time the last year reading all of these books about power and strategy, right? The art of war. And, and strategy that are you know, popular now because people want to get ahead in business and in their startups and this and that. Now, I'm a little bit, in, you know, in, I kind of uh, close to that space sometimes. Yeah, if you want to get ahead in this dunya, you know, read those books of power and strategy and you'll get ahead in this, in this world. But we have another consideration, which is after this world ends, we're going to have another world that we're going to have to answer for the things that we've done. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا لِمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُ اللَّهَ وَالْيَوْمَ الْآخِرُ وَذَكَرُ اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا Indeed in the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is a perfect example for those who want God and the hereafter. For those that are aware that there's this world and the world to come. See, Abdul Qadir al-Jalani was reminding the people. He said, I'm not going to lose my akhirah over 20 dinars. So, so what? Take it. I'll find Allah will provide. Like Allah has provided me with these 20, so provide me with 40. 
And because of that attitude, it is people like Abdul Qadr al-Jalani that inspired the generation after them, like who? Like Salah al-Din al-Ayyub. Everyone says, oh, we need Salah al-Din al-Ayyub. You know, Salah al-Din is going to come and everything is going to be fine. Sidna Abu Bakr is going to come and everything is going to be fine. But we forget the fuel, the input that made people like Salah al-Din al-Ayyub. It was people like Abdul Qadr al-Jilani. So he saw that there's this world and there's the next. So he's not a fool, but he's intelligent. And because of his honesty and because the power of his character, he had that influence. And this is the secret of the life of the Prophet It was his character. When his enemies met him, they said, those are not the eyes of somebody who lies. That is not the conduct of somebody who is conniving. That is not the character of somebody who would steal or who's dishonest. If he gave us his word, his word is his oath, it's his bond, he will not break his word. And remember in the life of the Prophet when he made his hijrah from Mecca to Medina, remember it was not an easy trip because right before the hijrah, there was a plan to assassinate the Prophet and in this story that's, that's miraculous, he escaped from Mecca. But what do we read? What's the footnote to that story? What happened? Who did he leave behind? He left Imam Ali. Why? Because the amanat, because of the things that the Quraysh gave and entrusted the Prophet Can you imagine that? They would trust their most valuable things with the Prophet but yet they would not want to believe in him and they would want to kill him. I mean, it's, it's insanity when you think about it. But he was so trusted. His character was so refined. He was so honest. He was such a beauty, a beautiful person, that nobody in the history of the world has said otherwise. No one has called the Prophet a liar, a manipulator, a stealer. No one has ever said those adjectives of the Prophet. But yet he is known as a sadiqul amin. The one who is honest and trustworthy. That is what we need to be. Regardless of what the outside uh, predominant culture is. We, our children, our children's children, we must be people of character. Because it is this character that ultimately will save us in this world and in the hereafter. I remember when I was in high school, I had a Muslim friend. And he didn't drink or he didn't do any of these things. And because of that, all of the non-Muslim families in his you know, school, whenever he went out, they would let their kids go with him. Because they knew when he would go out that there would be no drinking and driving, there would be no drugs, there would be no funny business, that he was safe because of the quality of his character. It's not foolish. It's not just about getting ahead in this world. We want to live a good life in this world and we want to live a good life in the hereafter. And that's why we have those stories. So think about that. Think about that type of reaction. And coming back to our senses, we need to increase the standard of our community. When people interact with us, whether they're Muslim or non-Muslim, when they come to this center, they need to go away thinking, you know, this is the most amazing experience I've ever had. I don't want to ever hear anyone come to ICCP and say, I was told not to do this, or I was yelled at, not that this happens, but we don't want to ever hear anyone say, I was yelled at at the mosque, somebody 
I don't know, yanked me out of the front line and threw me in the back. We don't want women to say they put us in some tin hut that's, you know, six miles away from the main wall. We don't want to hear those stories because this is a place that honors the character of the Prophet And therefore, if we all of us collectively are inheritors of this character of the Prophet then that means our conduct in this mosque, our conduct out of the mosque must be like that. The police officers that are here every Friday and every day in Ramadan, they need to go back and say, you know what, these people, anytime these people ask me to do something, I'll do it. They're good people and we get free food. Anybody that interacts with us, that's what they need to, to feel. Don't think that it's foolish. But this is the way of the Prophet To be honest, no matter what, to be trustworthy, no matter what, to say something and to do it. Allah says, why do you say that which you do not do? It's a great sin with Allah that you say that which you do not do. Allah criticizes the person that says something and then doesn't do it. Yeah, 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 I'll, tell you, I'll do that, I'll do that. Yeah, inshallah, you know, the Muslim inshallah. inshallah. You know, don't do, we don't want to be like that. But we want to be like Abdul Qadr al-Jilani. So I'm not going to sell out my akhirah over 20 bucks. I'm not going to sell out my akhirah and lie over some, some money. But rather we are going to be honest. And this character, because we live in a, an age in which no one really cares about character. These little things means so much. Have you ever seen the expression on somebody's face if you're like in a public place or a government building and then there's an elderly person and you keep the door open? You know, I've seen them. They're like shocked. They're like shocked that somebody would do that for them. But that's got to be instinct. Why? Who does, I don't care who that person is. Why wouldn't you keep the door open for an elderly person or for a pregnant woman or a woman who's, you know, dragging like, you know, all these kids and strollers and things behind her? Why wouldn't you get up, offer your seat for them? You know, when we were growing up, that was considered rude. If you're on a bus or on a train or you're sitting somewhere at a terminal and there's a woman coming, it doesn't matter how old or how young they are, you get up and you offer that. If you're a guy, you get up and you offer them the seat. It's got to be like that instinct. That character, that motive, that incident, that, that stance that you take can, will speak volumes to people, can transform people's hearts. doesn't matter what we say. But it's how we are on the inside. And that was the message of the Prophet And that's why I shared these two stories, because they show us in this entertaining way the power of this character. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم There's quite a few announcements today so just bear with me before the dua uh, First is that we have new recycling bins and we are going to become insistent that the trash goes in the trash bins which are black and the recycling goes in the recycling bin, which are blue. Please don't don't see that one is full and just chuck it in the other. It creates a big problem for us. And then you can imagine the type of trash that we have every week. So please do your best to, we're trying our best to provide more bins, but that's very, very important for us. And now, you know, as we're sort of almost getting into Ramadan prep mode, we're going to start to 
exercise exercises. Brother Moss, I wanted to tell me that we're going to find people. So I, I didn't. I don't want to go as far. But maybe we can tell a hand will find people. Yeah. So there, there are bins inside the cafeteria. We've increased the bins. Please do your best. We have black is trash, blue is recycling. You all have the blue recycling things at home, so you know what I'm talking about. So do your best uh, to to do that. And inshallah, we are starting a composting in a few weeks. We'll keep you uh, posted on that. Uh, we have a uh, a deaf brother Atiq is away for a few months visiting family and a grandchild in Colorado. So we ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Uh, for Shifat, for all of those, inshallah. Regarding the schedule of programs, uh, my class will be tonight at 7.30, and Anas is back, so his Quran class will also resume tonight. Uh, so that's normal. Sunday, 6.30 in the morning is Tarif's class, so the same schedule on that. Saturday, there's a youth mentoring program for ages 13 and up. That's at 3.30 on Saturday, so please come, inshallah. And uh, the big uh, piece of news is that, inshallah, this year, ICCP will be going on Hajj. And uh, I will be leading the group, inshallah, ICCP group. We're going to be using rendezvous travel. Uh, so the space is limited. And um, uh, please see Brother Mohsen or Brother Riyal if you're interested in going to Hajj to find out the details of that. Uh, and you all know what Hajj is. It's uh, going to be the beginning of the Hijjah, so there's no funny business with the dates which will be sometime in July, I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So, so I think we have uh, we have more spaces now, but if you're interested, you need to sign up sooner rather than later. Having said that, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to improve our character. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to improve our character the sunnah of the Prophet. We ask Allah ta'ala's mercy on those who have passed before us and for the shifat for those who are ill. We ask Allah ta'ala to preserve and protect our children, we have asked Allah Ta'ala to have mercy on our parents. We ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala to enter into the paradise those who have passed before us from our family and our extended family. We ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala to protect our center, to protect our schools and our businesses. We ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala especially to protect the youth, the young ones, those that are in school. We ask Allah to make this a successful semester for them, inshallah. We ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala to Lighten our hearts with the beauty of the Quran and the beauty of the Sunnah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to lift us as a community. We ask Allah ta'ala to descend upon us with his love and his mercy and his forgiveness. Allahumma hdina feeman hadayt. Wa'afina feeman afayt. Allahumma tawallana feeman tawallayt. Mubarak lana feeman afayt. Waqida wasrif anna sharra ma qadayt. Allahumma taqabbal salatana wa siyamana. Wa qiyamana wa ruku'ana wa sujudana ya arhamur rahimim. اللهم اغفر لنا ذنوبنا وإسرافنا في أمرنا وثبت أقدامنا وانصرنا على القوم الكافرين الله وحشرنا تحت دواء نبيك صلى الله عليه وسلم يوم القيامة واسقنا من يده الشريفة شرطة ماء لا نظمأ بعدها أبدا ثم دخلنا الجنة بغير حساب ولا سابقة عقاب ولا عتاب ومتعنا بالنظر إلى وجهك الكريم في جنات الخلد يا رحيم اللهم ارحم حينا وميتنا وحاضرنا وغائبنا وارفع عيد الأمم عنا وأقمنا بالحق وأقم الحق بنا وآخر دعوان أن الحمد لله رب العالمين وصل الله على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم وأقم الصلاة إن الصلاة كانت على المؤمنين الله أكبر الله أكبر وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله
Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Assalamu alaikum wa Thank <laughs> you. 